0: Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hello. Hi. Hi drink chat yes it is Shannon and Kathy I'm still chewing on my dud <laughs> <laughs> brought you those duds I got milk dud you know we're talking movies we got duds we have snacks
1: all over this room yeah popcorn chocolate hard candy we're working here peanuts mm-hmm. it's just it, it's endless we're, we're working
0: we're working here we are <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say that you need snacks when you work I am drinking a Diet Dr Pepper, and I also have a glass of water. What are you drinking? I have a
1: Coke Zero, and I also have passion fruit Lacroix or Lacroix, depending on how you would like to pronounce
0: that. Cool. I don't want to offend anybody who calls it Lacroix. Okay, because that would be or really, Lacroix. That's the least offensive thing I'm we having, say on the show.
1: <laughs> I'm having major déjà vu right now.
0: How so? When I just said that sentence. Wow, you've actually, so that's concerning. That was weird. That you've been walking around telling, educating people on your beverage choice. I don't know. I don't, I think I've just (laughs) lived this moment before. (laughs) Babe, we've been here. (laughs) We've lived a lot of moments in this room. a lot of moments. (laughs) Yeah, pretty soon we're coming up on our 150th episode. Pretty soon. Got a couple more before it, but, so that tells you. Yep. So you have probably had this conversation before. <laughs>
1: I probably have. <laughs> so I get asked about my beverages for yeah. more than just you. I, probably, but I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I'm telling you, I do. So now you do know. No, I want proof.
1: We didn't. We didn't do the trivia answer. Well,
0: that's dumb. Last week. Yeah, we've done that a couple times now. I mm-hmm. think it's because we're. We you know, we changed. Well, we changed the format of how we do. I keep the, saying it's not trivia. The horror facts. We changed the form. We changed it from trivia, where people guessed on Instagram and blah blah blah, and it was really drawn out. We changed it to horror facts, and so I think we horror the, facts with Cath. I think I know myself as attempting to structure the episode have not been able to hone in on like remembering to say so what's that trivia answer like I haven't you know you, just, you
1: have to start throwing out even if it's random films just so I remember to give you the answer
0: right the exorcist <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> for this week's or last week's last week's oh um, no I'm wait. trying to lead you into Should, it all right let's do it
0: okay okay um, I'll just please remind the, us oh, because
1: facts once again.
0: okay so it's uh, um she's developing a chorus.
1: That's not even me singing. Yeah, it is. This little person jumps up behind me and does it. Coke Zero
0: singing while we.
1: Okay, hang on. Hold please. Oh God,
0: we're waiting with the pages and the the paper. She buys the physical paper and she writes her notes on a physical notebook. I write
1: it in in like a Moleskine journal. I do. I just like it that.
0: Seventy-five years
1: old. Uh, That's pretty close. Okay. (laughs) Original title of this film was Blood Relations. The main villain of the original (laughs) film. Has a real-life condition called (laughs) ectodermal dysplasia, causing a variety of facial structural abnormalities. Oh, that sounds uncomfortable. Abnormalities. Uh, Many of the props were from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The The Leman. Nope. The lead actress <laughs> was so pretty. They had to keep Wasn't that before Texas Shane? I don't know. Oh. Just,
0: you said throw random movies the out, le- man.
1: <laughs> Let me finish the
0: facts and first. Body snatchers. The lead actor.
1: I have to watch that again. The lead actress so was good. so pretty. They had to keep putting dirt on her to make her character more believable. And it was, the movie was remade in 2006. I don't know. The original Hills Have Eyes. <sighs> that actor, man, that was his like real condition. That's terrible. Yeah, and I guess he didn't have. Su- so he, part of the condition is he doesn't have sweat glands. Mm-hmm. So he had to be out in that desert. It was really yeah. hard for him because of his condition. Because uh, the temperatures got up some days to like one hundred and twenty degrees. I've known people like that
0: without yeah. the sweat gland. That's very difficult. You ready for the new one? I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Can you try that again? Like, yes,
1: Kathy, please sing your song. Uh, Okay, so the, ne- <laughs> the next one is, according to the makeup effects, uh, according to the makeup effects artists,
0: uh-huh. what,
1: <laughs> one of his gory creations was realistic enough that the director actually threw up at the sight of it. <laughs> What? (laughs) Yeah, isn't that cool? He brings it out of the set. He's like, oh, okay. The director stated, and maybe this is why, because listen to this. The director stated many times that nine minutes of footage had been cut from this film to secure an R rating instead of an X rating by the MPAA. Oh, wow. Most, if not all, gory scenes had been cut by the MPAA. American Werewolf in Paris because of backlash against Friday the 13th and John Lennon's murder. These scenes were then put back in the 2009 version of this movie, with the exception of the impalement of two characters. Oh. So I'm going to give you one more, and then if you don't give it, get it, I'll give you the last one. So one more would be, it's filmed <laughs> in Nova Scotia. And some scenes were 900 feet below the surface of the
0: earth. Huh. Interesting. Ice man cometh. No, that's not it. <laughs> Halloween. No. Prom night. Nope. Silent night, bloody night. <laughs> Is that a real one? Silent <laughs> night, deadly night bloody night is one is no oh,
1: you're just looking on a google list i'm just i okay. literally
0: googled horror movies because i oh. wanted to throw out random no, those are ones all at wrong. you those are all wrong <laughs> do
1: you want the last fact we'll see if you get it now okay it's quentin tarantino's favorite horror film no <laughs> oh, i don't know you knew it in another episode where i brought this up and you're like oh i knew that
0: oh fuck
1: that's why i put that on there
0: i don't know in this moment i don't know okay because now i've just been looking at this big list of horror movies and i confused myself (laughs) chew on that for a minute okay 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 speaking of the long-term mental health effects of the pandemic (laughs) this is one i'm having one of those apparently i'm just gonna chew a dud while you talk about mental health Mm. (laughs) No, she's just literally not going to talk about
1: no, it. No, I am. I'm trying to pull up my doc.
0: So here's what's going to happen. She's going to talk about the long-term effects of the pandemic. I don't know what she's going to talk about, but something like that. And then I'm going to talk about some horror movies I saw. And she's going to also talk about a Drew Klein documentary that she watched.
1: That's what we're in for right now. That is. Uh, and then eventually the answer to the trivia question. That was me vent- uh, To the vamping. horror facts
0: with Kath. Oh, sure. Yeah. You're going to answer it this time, are you? Well, if you remember.
1: <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, we have some speculation around what's going to go down when um, COVID starts to level off, right? And so we're already starting to see polarizing views of, oh, we haven't even hit this wave and other people going, oh, I'm over it already. And I I think some of that does have to do with privilege and, you know, communities, there's definitely communities that are hit um, much harder Mm -hmm. than others. But I think one thing that we can draw a conclusion to is the way that stress works in the body which is when we are in survival mode when we are in a state of panic when we are our nervous system is hyper aroused for a certain amount of time even if it's not it's not and that might not be fully conscious right because we have these defense mechanisms that don't allow us to like live in that panic 24 7 but the body's still reacting to the subconscious or unconscious stressors that are going on around us. So I think it's safe to say that all of us to some extent, maybe even for different reasons through the pandemic, our stress levels have been higher. Yes. And so when, our, when we're incredibly stressed, we start to release the stress hormone cortisol. Long-term effects of stress, we know from other, uh, you know, traumas and things that we've seen throughout clinical and medical history is that people will, once the trauma or the event that becomes traumatic, once the event starts to dissipate and our bodies are able to come down more into a restful state, two, one of two things can happen. Either one, we're so used to being in that hyper aroused state, which I'm seeing, which is now there are people who are afraid to leave their homes because that hyper arousal is now a static. Uh, yeah. You know, it's static. It's more of a state than, I mean, excuse me, it's it's become more of a trait than a state. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we have the other side of it of people who will allow that hyper arousal to come down and they will crash. And so we see this sometimes after major, major, uh, you know, events like nine eleven and things like that, where people will get, I, mean, I can even on a much more micro level, <laughs> this would happen to me in graduate school when I would have a week off for spring break. That's when I would get sick.
0: Oh, yeah. Right. I think people, a lot of people can relate to that. When we take a vacation, we get sick because of stress. Exactly. Goes, Cause yep. our
1: body just goes, Oh,
0: Relaxed when I first
1: it. moved back from San Francisco after living a year there doing my pre-doctoral internship, which was really intense for a lot of different reasons, I was working with violent predators. I was, uh, didn't have a lot of money. It, it was really, I came home and I developed chronic hives for two months. I could not get rid of, and they were idiopathic, meaning there was no explanation I for remember. them. It was awful. And, and I still, to this day, think it's because my body just finally went, oh, yeah. right. Yep. So in a recent poll, nearly half of the people, 45% of adults in the U.S. reported that their mental health has been negatively impacted due to worry and stress over the virus. Well, no, duh. Yeah. So this is for a lot of different factors. But what we are going to see, um, and a broader body research links social isolation and loneliness to poor mental health. So for the elder populations who may not go back to, or may not live out when we go back to life without masks and social isolation right we are going to see an increase in potential um, mood disorders suicidality which we are already seeing Mm -hmm. Um, but this negative mental health effect due to social isolation may be particularly pronounced among older adults in households with adolescents households with adolescents more specifically because these they are social little beings that need to get out there. And I'm, I work with a lot of adolescents and I'm seeing um, a lot of depression yes, and agitation. Yes. So these groups are already at risk for depression and suicidal ideation because of just where they are in their life. But then you add this on top of it and it heightens the risk. So basically what this uh, article is saying is take whatever is already a baseline risk factor for a certain population and multiply it as this starts to dissipate Um, those with mental illness and substance use disorders, uh, pre pandemic and those newly affected will likely require substance abuse services. I can only imagine the amount of people who have relapsed through this. Oh yeah. Um, And then here's the, the the last piece is how COVID-19 pandemic will affect children's long-term mental health. This is out of parent magazine. So children certainly aren't being impacted by this. It's totally changing the worlds. But Children are suffering mental strain, um, mood and anxiety disorders as well, but in a large scale crisis, members of marginalized communities will be more likely to develop lasting mental health concerns as a result of this. And I would say that that is going to be because there is um, the mental health, the lack of resources there, and then lack of access to health care. So the parents are already feeling this. This is now going to trickle down. That anxiety and stress will trickle down to a child who, who knows that their parents don't have those resources. Um, and it's that idea if I'm unsure of my living situation, if I'm unsure about food, all of that takes a toll and creates greater risk for mental health problems. So, and I've said this before in other episodes where we are becoming the next front line in this. As as this starts to come down, um, I think we're going to see a surge in need for more mental health resources because I know that everybody cannot afford uh, private practice and there's great community mental health resources out there, but I am hoping through this that mental health becomes more of a a nationwide focus and less stigma around it. Because I think everyone is going to come out of this with their mental health affected in one way or the other.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I think that there are some people that are oriented as depressive. And so there's an initial relief at life. Like, They already wanted to isolate. They already isolate. There's an initial like, wow, now I don't have the pressure to actually have to interact with people, except for the interacting with people is what could help mitigate the depression. And so there's this initial high of like, wow, I don't have societal pressure to do all of those things. But now after three, four, five months, it's like the mental health piece is taking a toll in that way. Like we're not going to be able
1: to really avoid it anymore. And if we do, this might be the time. Like we've talked about, you know, nothing changes when it's comfortable. This might be what needs to happen for people to go, okay, mental health is important.
0: Yeah, there's um, absolutely. And I've got like parents of of kids who are devolving, (laughs) you know, in their ability to sustain and what you're describing as angst, right? Like the cultural angst that is sort of deeper than anxiety. It's this, this, this low level angst that's continuing. And then other people don't even acknowledge that it's even there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then I've got, uh, it's interesting because working with families, you've got the parents who are initially overwhelmed by having to do school, having to be te- oh teachers gosh, and parents. School, and then you've got kids who were initially kind of excited to be home and not have to go to school and all of that. And but they're so reliant on peers that now they're they were the, they're the most they're the hardest to engage, strangely, via Zoom and the phone, where you'd think that culturally they'd be Easier to access that way because of growing up with technology, but it's actually the parents who are more signing on to like, yes, please, let's have zoom and you know, business, Skype business and team meetings and all the things that we can do, um, Zoom. And it's the kids who are like, no, I don't want to meet by phone. I, no, I don't want to. When are you going to come in person? When are we going to go to the park? When are we going to, you oh know, because it's I'm not play-oriented. I miss oriented. my friends.
1: I'm, yeah, there, it isn't. And then even the thought mm-hmm. of going back to school and having to wear masks mask and socially distance when you're in first grade and really not understanding why they, they no longer can hug their friends or it's really, really, really taking a toll.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I um, when this whole thing started, I started a side business of doing telehealth, basically as a um, volunteer. For what I get paid for it, it's a definitely a volunteer rate, and mm-hmm. for what I normally get paid. But I felt like that was the thing I wanted to do to mm-hmm. be of service, and so um, there has been a gift in that for me, and that I've gotten exposed to all kinds of different people that I wouldn't have normally been able to see in private practice Mm -hmm. and so I am being exposed to so many different points of view of how they're dealing with stress that I am totally in line with what you're saying as far as um frontline mental health becoming um definitely in the forefront and uh actually it will I think it raises the value yeah, it does. Um, it really which does. Which I'm very happy about. I mean, regardless of what I get paid or don't get pay- paid or what the job I do or what kind of populations I work with, I definitely, at the core of who I am, want mental health to be valued right. in our culture. That's how people get access to it. That's how we develop uh, value. We assign a
1: value to it. And and I know you and I have both talked about this on other shows around people really not understanding what therapy is. And, and like I've said to clients before, you don't want to wait until you have a heart attack to go to the doctor for a checkup. People, I want people to start seeing that seeing a therapist is a way of, of keeping you mentally, healthy like a constant checkup so when there is a crisis or there yes. is a change you yes. have a relationship built with that person who can go hey this is what was working before let's go back there let's t-, you know you, because what i know it, it, friends of mine who are not in the, the the industry will say oh man you know something's really going on i need to find a therapist and my first thought is it's so much harder to start when you're in the midst of a crisis
0: for sure and yet that's and that's when, when everybody starts.
1: I mean, it's almost like this desperate, like, oh, I guess I have to see a therapist versus this is someone who gets to sit with you every, this is one hour a week, especially for adults that you actually get for you to just, <sighs>
0: Yeah, and we all need that. There's no other relation like it. Because in friendships, it's about two people, not one. <laughs> That's right. And it's advice giving and yeah. it's
1: and it's personal. This is very, should be anyway, v- much more objective and, and one-sided. And mm-hmm. and uh, that person ha- is allowed to just be cared for and, and contained. And I don't know. I think this is just going to shift stuff for us. And I'm, I'm happy
0: about that. Well, yeah, I'm hoping some good comes out of it. I'm chewing on a dud. You are?
1: Is that your second dud?
0: Uh-huh. Good for you. I couldn't help it. I'm so. I'm vexed by the answer that I should know about Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Is there another fact? No, that's it. Okay. Can you say to him me. again? We're gonna have a little recap. Okay. <laughs> Mid show recap. According please. to
1: the makeup effects artist, one of uh, his gory creations was realistic enough that the director threw up at the sight of it. The director stated that meant that uh, many t- stated many times that nine minutes of footage had been cut from the film to secure an R rating instead of an X by the Motion, motion Picture Association. Um, most, if not all, the gory scenes had been cut by the MPAA because mm-hmm. of oh, backlash gotcha, gotcha, against gotcha. Friday the 13th and John Lennon's murder to then be put back in in the 2009 version, except see, the impalement I, of two see, characters. because I
0: thought Tarantino's, I thought that one of, well, I don't know, I don't know Tarantino, but I thought, like, his favorite horror movie was, like, Audition or something like that.
1: no. But we did talk about this on another episode. You want me to just tell you what it is?
0: No, you can wait till the end. Okay.
1: I'll double check that fact. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to double check that fact, but I'm
0: pretty sure. Death proof or something like that? No. No. Okay. We'll just keep going. Hostile? No. (laughs) No.
1: That would have been way older than Hostile.
0: (laughs) Ah, whatever. Okay so i have watched some horror movies i re-watched reanimator what's that oh my gosh really oh my gosh okay so reanimator is from the 80s and it <laughs> 1985 let me look i'm gonna look it up super quick here yeah 1985 um it's pretty classic um that is the accurate
1: fact, by the way. Sorry,
0: it is oh, his no, favorite. It's fine. His favorite slasher. I just want
1: to make sure I was giving you the right information. Okay. No worries. Oh, favorite slasher. Yeah, it's his favorite slasher.
0: Oh, okay, audition's not a slasher. No. Okay, Did Sorry. you say slasher, slasher. Audition is kind of a flasher. <laughs> <laughs> slasher makes it different than favorite horror movie. Okay, slasher. 1985, Reanimator. So you can imagine just the 80s, and it's a gore. It's it's pretty much a gore fest after an odd new medical student arrives on campus, a dedicated local and his girlfriend become involved in bizarre experiments centering around the reanimation of dead tissue. It's one of those movies that you just giggle. And of course it's based in a a Lovecraft story. Okay. Um, there's goo and gore and boobies and it's the eighties, man. Um, And it's really good. If you like 1980s, goo, gore, I do. Okay, so I would say, because you haven't seen it, I will not say anything about it. Okay, I'll write it on Um, my list. Reanimator. I'm pretty sure it's widely available because I didn't, like, pay to watch it or anything. I also saw a newer movie called... um, Scare Package. As you guys know I watch along with the Joe Bob Briggs uh, live shows on Friday nights and they showed a few weeks ago they showed the movie Scare Package which is new. So it's a horror anthology but done in a somewhat creative way. I wouldn't say it's a spectacular film necessarily but I think you would like it because it is set. It's a movie that came out this year, but it's and it's set in the 1980s, and, and the story that holds all of the little short film. There's like seven or eight short films within the film, so that's how, where the anthology is. Mm-hmm. The story that wraps it around is a video store, like a like oh. a blockbuster type store. Scare
1: Tech is, it, is it scare, scare package. package. Right, so me-
0: Chad is a horror aficionado, and he's lonely. Chad spends his days at his struggling genre video store, arguing with his only, God, re- watch this. only regular customer. When an unsuspecting applicant shows up, Chad begins to teach him about the rules of horror and his video store at large, much to the chagrin of Sam, who's the guy who wanted the job during chad's onboarding process we weave in and out of different hilarious horror shorts each one geared at a different set of horror tropes that's that's the best part of it like i laughed there was a couple of them that i laughed so hard at because it's like (laughs) i love
1: that when they incorporate like the old oh my god it's
0: hilarious because they're specifically trying to expose and make fun of horror tropes and it's there's a couple of them that really you're like meh and then there's a couple of them that are freaking hysterical um as this new applicant learns the ropes he begins to suspect that chad chad has something sinister in in mind but we quickly learn that he may have a secret of his own so it's like all the horror shorts but then there's also a wrap-up to the bigger story and um joe bob briggs as um, you guys probably know is an actor and he's in it, so you know, not exactly that a spoiler, actually, but that,
1: that one sounds fun. I'm gonna have to check that out. I, gonna, I, when I was I watching
0: it, I was like, I think Kathy would like this. And I don't know if anyone knows this who
1: listens, but I, you know, I managed how you've many blockbuster, yeah, blockbuster videos. One of my favorite jobs, and we used to talk horror with yeah. people and stuff all the time. So. Yeah,
0: she, you've mentioned it a few times, and it also like dates you it does in which we way. like which we yeah. like around here we like that late 90s people read the paper and went to video stores <laughs> god i miss that so, so much. much so like that what i miss is music stores
1: yes me too And records st- i mean there's still record stores but i just miss like that being a norm for people to go in and talk about music not fucking i know amoeba, amoeba
0: music amoeba
1: music yeah. in la
0: is closing
1: no because of this yeah that was like last man standing. Well, that's uh, not true. There's not freaky exactly, but Sherman one Oaks of the biggies. That, oh, now I'm set. You just depressed me for the rest of the weekend.
0: And that's our show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you
0: have a movie? Do you have a name? Do you have a name for your
1: <laughs> what for the for oh, the horror films? Oh, that.
0: <laughs> See, this is why I always forget because I know the answer. So I, forget. I know.
1: I I have to just keep reminding you more. Um, give it one last shot, and then I'll tell you what
0: it is. Fuck. Um. old boy
1: my bloody valentine oh god that movie i think
0: i did know that don't downplay it shannon yeah i certainly didn't know it today i can't i cannot i i own that yeah i definitely own that okay
1: i mean the only fact that really gave it away Was the Quentin Tarantino. Thing? No, is no. that it was
0: filmed nine hundred feet below because it was it's an old mining yeah, town. Yeah, because Quentin Tarantino could have a hundred favorite horror movies. He's totally into horror. Yeah, but that was like his favorite slasher. So the nine foot what? The nine hundred feet? Like some
1: of the shots. Oh yeah, doing that, well because of the when mines. you said that
0: I was like wow that sort of sounds like important yeah (laughs) but then i still didn't know i'm always
1: gonna give you like one piece that sounds totally irrelevant but it's like a big clue like the toilet
0: yeah that one i got right you did oh my god
1: and you said it so like psycho and i'm like yeah and i'm never
0: gonna get them you guys literally one out of ten stop self-sabotaging i I suck (laughs) (laughs) No, I've always been bad at trivia. So if I've gotten a couple of them so far, I am extremely proud of myself. You should be. Today was not one of those days. Okay. (laughs) That's her somewhat condescending, soothing voice. Okay, that's enough now. (laughs) Okay, calm it right down. Relax, relax. (laughs) No one in the history of ever. And an
1: attorney say to me the other day, oh, relax. Oh, no. And I went. Said, you know, I've had like five bombs thrown at me today, right? So, just maybe give me a minute.
0: Male attorney, no, female. Okay,
1: yeah, I was. Oh, relax, huh? Oh, relax. <gasps> As like all this stuff is wow. coming at me. Wow, that's yeah, so I insulting. Like, I was like. And I like this person. No, I know. That was just her stress, right? It was, because this this is a very, very stressful case.
0: Oh yeah. I mean I would imagine everyone's feeling it. So I if, if she And it was after
1: some like really like dense stuff. I was gonna say she
0: was telling herself to relax. Yeah, totally. But I was like, <gasps> What? Did did you just what did I you didn't just- expect it out of her. You were a little offended, I think. Yeah, and yeah. I went What?
1: No, I got really calm, but I go, yeah. you know, there's a lot going on right now. And it's kind of time limited. So, so so in other, like, yeah, what she
0: did kind of had the desired effect, which is she wanted you to back up. And so like, you backed up, thought about it for a second. And then you kind of gave like, a okay, yeah, there's a lot going on right now. So I'm a little, yeah, like, I I, I didn't want to react to her
1: reaction. I wanted to be mindful of that. But I was like,
0: Okay, you know it's warranted, though, right? Which is good for both. It was. It sounds to me like, from an outside perspective, like that, it was good for both of you in the sense that she wanted you to back up. Yeah, like that was definitely like a hand, (laughs)
1: like Mm -hmm. a
0: talk to the hand kind of moment. She wanted you to back up and take a breath, and you did. Mm -hmm. But then you had to sort of like give her a little reflection of like what's going on right now, like you know that. How that's I don't know. How did she react after that? Did it kind of calm down or? Yeah, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, good. we we have a great relationship, but
1: it was more like I was so shocked. Yeah, yeah.
0: You knocked like, more of the shock than anything
1: else. And my reaction to what we were doing was was somewhat even like tongue in cheek. It was more like uh, oh, I'm so stressed. Like I did it uh, kind of like that. It was. She doesn't know. It you wasn't well total. I don't know. I think sh- I think it's because this is a really really stressful case. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, Yeah. it was just. We're all feeling it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that was just her breaking point, and she obviously wasn't in a funny place. No. So, like, if you were being tongue in cheek, which was what you like your way of saying, "Let's all relax," without saying "relax." I was like, like "Oh, you oh know? My God!" You know? Yeah, I was like,
1: "Oh my God!" I did something like that, yeah, and, yeah. She, and she took it so literal, and that's why yeah. I was like, "Wait, what?" Because <laughs> I, I mean, she's seen me testify. I'm. I almost don't have a pulse when I'm testifying. It's like the one time, I'm actually like, it's almost like I'm meditating. Uh It's one of the only times I don't demonstrate any sort of anxiety, which is really weird that I'm able to shift. It's such a drastic shift from how I usually am. So she knows me to be collected and all that. So it was, and maybe that's what shocked her. I don't know, but it was just really kind of, I was like,
0: Well, yeah, Yeah. And then you saying that sort of tells me that. Like when we normally play a particular kind of role with someone, like if we're the calm one or yeah. we're the anxious one, or we're the leader or we're the follower, whatever, when we when we expose like our humanity of having like more than one side to that, mm-hmm. often the other person is like, Wait, what? No, I need you to be XYZ, like right. in their head and then you're not and it's like, Whoa, wait, if she's freaking out then no, you've got to calm down because I need you to be calm. Yeah, (laughs) it was. I
1: think we were really just reacting to each other in that moment because it's, yeah, we're, we're, we're just both exhausted. But but.
0: that's just a really, um, I mean, I don't know. I think that wraps around to what we started out talking about, like the effects of the pandemic and the cultural angst that's going on right now between, between the race riots and the, COVID-19 and the joblessness and all of the different things. And then you get yourself in this like high stress case or situation where you feel like pressure to either save someone or figure out what's going on. Or there's a
1: lot of burnout right now. So
0: much burnout right now. I was
1: saying to somebody the other day, I go, it's, you know, it's one thing when you have two people on your caseload who are going through stuff, but in something like this, everyone is.
0: Every single person I talk to, right now is very troubled yeah and now you'd think in a profession like mine that that would be like de rigueur right Mm -hmm. and and in many ways it is Mm -hmm. i'm i'm absolutely used to holding i'm absolutely used to containing and holding people's stress Mm -hmm. like that's my job um but this is this is different because this is an exercise in mindfulness and most people don't know how to do that. In other words, acceptance. Yeah. Like sitting in ourselves and in a total state of acceptance, which I think is another one of the gifts that we could get out of this, is people's the people who survive, I should say, people's ability to know that they can sit in helplessness and, and unknowing and survive mm-hmm. i just i'm very hopeful that we are all helping each other to do that because yep. i do think it's the number one way we can get through it so i think so too we well, thank you very much for listening i'm gonna have some duds okay yeah this is shrink chat my name is shannon
1: and i'm kathy sleep safe everybody
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.